for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And that is a proclamation that should be evidenced in all of our lives. A proclamation that should be seen day in and day out. A proclamation that is especially true if one is going to serve as a lead pastor. If one is going to be the shepherd of a flock. If one is going to minister to a body of believers. When I came to Calvary Baptist Church, Roger Stewart was on staff here. Roger, I don't know what your title was at that point. Do you know what your title was? Interim Director of Student Ministries, third cousin, twice removed. Roger, Stacy, would you come join me, please? Not too long after that, God called Roger to go to seminary to continue his education and, and train and develop the gifts and abilities that God had given to him, develop the passion God had given to him so that he could serve God in a vocational way. Now, you note, and I've said this before, this is vocational ministry. We're all full-time Christians, right? And we are all to proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. That's our ministry. But pastors have a special calling. And we as a church are privileged to be able to send some folks out and to see how God is going to use them. I think, Mike, Heather, it's, it's appropriate that you guys are here. Addison, Jared, appropriate you guys are here today. I think Amy Wichterman is probably downstairs with the kids. It's appropriate that she is in our building today. Because we as a church ought to grow in sending folks. Sending folks that are going to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sending folks who are going to be our representatives where, wherever they go. Now, Roger, as I thought about this event and thought about a text, my mind was turned to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Will you go there, please? 1 Timothy chapter 6, very quickly this morning. And as I looked at that passage of Scripture, I, I found some characteristics that should be evidenced in, in our lives and that are especially going to be evidenced in Roger and Stacy's lives, Ellie's life. And we're not letting the new name out, are we? Okay. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 6. Starting with verse 11. But as for you, O man of God... Flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God. Who gives life to all things. 
and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made a good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As I looked at that passage of Scripture, Roger, and thought about this, I was confronted with the fact that ministry is a race. Now, you knew it had to be an R, didn't you? Ministry is a race. The Christian life is a race. In fact, here Paul says that in a race you have to flee some things and you have to follow some things. And in all of our lives, we are to understand that God has given to us a race. Now, in pastoral ministry, that certainly is true. You understand that days off are only a suggestion. You understand that it's a 24-7, 365 kind of deal. Within the last month or so, I received an early morning phone call. One of our folks was in the hospital. I, I was glad to get the call. So I got dressed and I went over to the hospital. And this person greeted me and they said, thank you so much for coming. I was up. I thought you should be also. <laughs> now, that, that was good. That, that was a good thing. But in ministry, it certainly is. A race, a race where you're going to have to pastor, shepherd a flock, a race where you're going to have to be a mature example as an elder, and a race where you're going to have to administrate and put things together and share with people and leadership as a bishop. That, that's your role, a race in our lives where we're compassed about, according to Hebrews 12, a great cloud of witnesses let us run the race that is set before us but in this race there are some obligations Paul here talks about those obligations pursue righteousness godliness faith love steadfastness gentleness obligations in in our lives and and will not take time to work our way through each of those responsibilities only to say God has given to us a high standard by which we are to live. And frankly, it's higher for the pastor. It's also higher for the deacons. Because in 1 Timothy chapter 3, there are specific qualifications that are given to the bishop, the pastor, and to the deacons, the ministers, the servants. Now that does not mean that God has not called us all to that high standard, right? The rest of Hebrews chapter 12 says, as we run this race, we lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us and the weights that so easily would slow us down and run with endurance the race that is set before us. As we run this race with our obligations, we are to use our gifts. Paul writes to Timothy and 2 Timothy chapter 1, and he says, Timothy, stir up the gifts. <laughs> Roger, you've been given some gifts. 
I'll never forget sitting in the Allen's home with you directing a life group meeting, giving to us a booklet for our life groups, and Larry saying, and this was a good thing, somebody's going to get a good pastor. You have the gift of intelligence. You married Stacy. <laughs> Gifts that are to be stirred up, that are to be part of our lives, that are to be used for the honor and glory of God. You're a detailed person. That's a gift of God. Use your gifts to benefit the body. The scripture also tells us that this race is going to take some energy. Paul writes here, fight the good fight. Have you ever been in a fight? Let me tell you, it takes some energy to be in a fight. Now, this says the good fight of faith. And if we're to win that, we are to put on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. We are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, shield of faith. Let me tell you, it takes a lot of energy to use those things. And you are going to find yourself that there is a foe out there. And you're getting tired. The older you get, the tireder you get. And it takes some energy. But let me tell you, Roger, faithful is he who calls you who also will do it. And if you try to do it in your own energy, you're going to fail. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, right? They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. And that is a verse that is, may I use the word tattooed, across my memory because there are days I need to recall that it's God's work and not mine. And I need to just wait upon the Lord. And Roger, God has called you to be above reproach. Verse 14 says, Keep the commandments unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that's not until you retire. That's until Jesus comes back. And we all understand that, don't we? It's not until we can do what we want to do or think we can do what we want to do or think we can do what we want to do and we end up doing what our spouse wants us to do. I think that's retirement. It's until Jesus comes back. God has a job for each of us to do until he sends his son to take us home. Amen? How are you doing with your job? Hmm? God has called you, God has called me to a higher standard. And that standard is to be salt and light in this world. And that standard is to please him in all things. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I'm excited for you. I hope you're excited. You started working on your first series of messages yet? In your head. That's where it starts. It starts in your head and then it's got to get to your heart. If it's ever just in your head, throw it out. It's no good. It's got to get to your heart. I'm excited about what God's going to do in your life. And I'm excited about hearing how God uses Roger 
to run the race, knowing there are obligations, but using his gifts. Recognizing the energy that's necessary to be above reproach, because you guys are going to live in a glass house. I hope it's double-paned. But I know God is going to use it in a very special way. Roger, Stacy, we want to just commit this time to you in a very real sense. I'm going to ask our deacons to come forward, please. Roger, Stacy, would you come up here? Pastor John, join us, please. Roger, we got you a staff. Hmm? Now, this is for shepherding. This isn't for parenting. It's for shepherding. And you know that love and respect thing that happens at the end of Ephesians 5? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But we want you to take this and remember us. And also remember what God has called you to do. To shepherd his people. Because it's all about him. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works which God hath before ordained. That ye should walk therein. And as you walk into that building to meet with the church. And you know that the building is not the church. This is the church. But as you walk into that building to meet with that church, remember that God had it planned all along. (laughs) And he will give you exactly what you need to be able to minister and share. Will you join me in prayer, please? Father, I thank you so much for this time that we can, as a church, grow in sending. We sent Mike and Heather. We sent... Amy, we're sending Roger and Stacy, and there have been others, Father, in the legacy of this, this wonderful ministry who have gone on to, to serve you in a very special way. And Lord, I'd pray that you'd raise up others. I pray for our students, Lord. I pray for our retirees that are looking for ways to serve you. I pray, Father, for each of us that we might be the vessels through which you can work father i thank you for roger and stacy for the ministry that they have had for roger's ministry with our students for stacy's ministry with our children i thank you for the call on their lives and i thank you father that faithful is he who gives that call who also will work through us to accomplish his work Bless Roger and Stacy and Ellie as they go down to northern Indiana, minister to a special group of people. And may that group of people grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as Roger faithfully teaches and preaches the word in season, out of season. And with all long suffering, reproves and rebukes and exhorts. I pray, Father, as he puts his arms around folks, that you'll give him sensitivity and compassion, love. And may he and Stacy also receive that love from that special flock 
that you've called us to. Thank you for this, this time that we can share. Thank you for the time of fellowship that we're going to have, the food that's been prepared for us. Time around those tables, Lord, we thank you for that. But Lord, we thank you for you putting your hand on each of our lives and allow us to be instruments that you can use to make a difference in your kingdom. We love you, Father. And no matter where we are, we're thankful that nothing will ever separate us from your love because it's found in the person and the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.